Uh, today, we launched a new series entitled All, A-W-E. Um, and, and today, we want to b- begin to somehow get to this proper perspective of who God is. You know, when, when, when you consider that word all, there, there are other words that are very synonymous with it or that, that, that go right alongside of it, like honor. Um, there's the word sometimes fear. Uh, there's this idea of respect. When I am in awe of something or when I am in awe of someone, what I'm doing in that moment is acknowledging that I'm in the presence or experiencing something of greatness. Are you with me today? Have you ever had any of those moments throughout your lifetime where you would say, I was in an awe moment? There are some of those for me that stand out. One of those, for instance, is I'll never forget on the day of my wedding when those doors at the back of the worship center opened and I was standing down front and I saw for the first time my wife dressed in white and she looked beautiful. I was awestruck. And I stood there like, oh, man, that's my girl. You know, that's my wife. I, I never forget as much as I took the classes prior to the birth of my first child and learned the all the breathing treatments, as much as I had watched the videos that they show us at school about reproduction and what takes place and the formation. Hey, God, is God not awesome? Think about birth. And forming an individual in the womb, right? But, but everything that I had studied, every class I had taken, everything I had Googled, actually, we didn't have Google back then. We had Encyclopedia Britannica. <laughs> Come on, somebody. But I'm telling you, when I saw the birth, and yes, I was in there. And listen, I am not a bloody type guy. Bob, you've been with me on several occasions and you know that I have to turn my head and I can't handle it. But in that moment, when I saw my first child born, I was like, wow. Have you ever had one of those moments where you're just at a loss for words? You're awestruck. It is the situation is just bigger than you can wrap. I'm like, how can that come? You know what I'm saying? It's just incredible, incredible. I never forget a few years ago while standing in the Vatican in the Sistine Chapel, looking up at that ceiling in this grand hall and just looking at the coloring and the intricacy of the painting there that Michelangelo had painted on that ceiling. And I was like, that is absolutely awesome. It is, I cannot wrap my mind around what I'm seeing. But then when you hear and you understand how he painted that and how long it took, I mean, it's just, it just makes that story just so much grander. Can you recall a time when you were in awe of something or someone Our goal through the next several weeks is to get us to that proper awe position and place in our view of who God is. Because I believe, as A.W. Tozer would say, that whatever comes to your mind when you think of God is the most important thing about you. And so 
When you think of God, what comes to your mind? Well, God is good. Or God, you know, there's something. We have got to get back to that rightful view, that high, lofty, majestic, righteous, reverential, fear-type of view of who God is. Are we okay so far? Because everything else about our life trickles down from how we see him. You know, you can look at creation. I know many of you have probably acknowledged and seen God in creation, right? We had a staff member that a few weeks ago was on a, a vacation out west and took some incredible pictures in some, some national parks and things of that such. And, and hey, that's awesome. Thank you for putting that up there. I didn't know you were going to do that. Did we have that in the first service? We didn't. Look, yeah, see? Now, now, this is what he was doing on his vacation to the rest of us that were here and, and not there, you know? And, and, but, I mean, look at that. that. That's just real. That's not, that's a picture. Is that not awesome? Now, I've never been to the Grand Canyon. How many of you have? Round of applause. Let me see. Yeah. I've never been there, and I've been, I've been told you cannot wrap your mind around what you see when you step off and look and just absorb it all, right? To some people, it's just, oh, it's just a big hole in the ground. But to those who have the proper view and understanding, check this out, of who God is, come on, you've got to acknowledge, man, this is just too much for me in this moment. Have you had that moment? More importantly, what would that look like if our view and our approach to God was like that, where he was just way more than we could handle? I used to have a pastor tell me this, that the moment that we can wrap our minds around who God is, is the moment he will stop being God. And isn't that who we are as humans? We, we try to figure him out. We try to, we, we, we try to uh, map out how he's going to move or what he's going to work. Sometimes we try to tell him what to do, don't we? We, we, we try to figure it out. And, and I'm just telling you, we will never figure God out. And I'm okay with that. There are some things in life that I don't need to know. But I just have to trust and I have to live by faith, Right? The creation declares. Some of you, I don't know how many times I've driven up here on, on a sunset and seen cars parked in, in, in our field. And for me, I was a security guard in high school at a new subdivision, subdivision being built. I had a yellow flashing light uh, on, on a little Datsun pickup. Anybody remember Datsun? And the greatest thing happening that I got to bust people were teenagers making out in the darkness. Oh, I loved it. And so I still relive those moments occasionally up here because I see a car in the film. I'm going, what is going no, no making out on the house. But I get out and people's like, this view and looking out west here, just the sunset. Come on, how many of you see God in the sunset? You see the awesomeness of God, the creativeness of him displayed there, right? We can look at a sunset. We can look at a painting and we can be captivated and blown away its beauty and its grandeur. My prayer is over the next few weeks as we journey together that somehow our view of who God is would be proper and fitting. Amen? I want to look in Psalm chapter 19 real quick, this idea of, of creation. Um, 
there are 150 Psalms in the Bible, and 73 of those were written by, 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 by David. We know that David spent a lot of his life out in nature, did he not? And he, he, he observed creation quite often. He was a shepherd. And as tending his sheep, there sometimes wasn't a lot of work to do. So we know that David had a lot of time with God. He, he would see God through nature and creation. How many of you are like that? You see God. Through, yeah. David wrote lots of music while he was there. We know that, 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 that he could play, and, and, but he had time with the Lord. But I, but I love this passage in Psalm chapter 19 that we read about David as he looks at creation and, and what it did for him how it gave him an incredible perspective of who God is. Psalm 19, verse 1, David says, the heavens proclaim the glory of God. Some translations say, the heavens declare. The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day, they can continue to speak. And night after night, they make him known. They speak without a sound or a word. Their voice is never heard. Yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. Paul would quote this psalm, by the way, in, in Romans chapter 1, verses 19 and 20, when he would say, listen, everybody can see creation and everyone has really an, should have an understanding that there is a God just through creation. Just as nature reveals who God is, Paul would go on to say God's word, the Bible, reveals God's plan of salvation for people. But this would be something even that Paul would acknowledge and refer to there in Romans chapter 1, about how creation gives people that there is someone behind this. I even believe that people who've never received Christ as Lord and Savior, surely it's absurd to me that you can't look at creation and not believe that there is something divine responsible for it. David goes on to say, it burst forth like a radiant bridegroom after his wedding. Creation rejoices like a great athlete eager to run the race. The sun rises at the end of the heavens and follows its course to the other end. Nothing can hide from its heat. David here is just declaring, just as God or it's his nature reveals who God is. Wow. I think Paul would say, we as Christians should reveal who God is. David would say, just as I am able to look at nature and get a grasp of the awesomeness, the, the majesty, the holiness of who God is, I believe Paul would say in Romans chapter 1, that's what you and I as Christians should be doing for people around us also. Awe and wonder, blown away with the majesty of who God is. Paul David Tripp uh, says this in a book entitled Awe. He says, where you look for awe will shape the direction of your life. I already shared with you what Tozer said, what comes to your mind when you think about God's a big deal, right? Paul David Tripp would say, whatever you tend to look at for all, that's going to shape the direction of your life. And do we not see that played out in culture today? For instance, if, 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 if what I'm looking at is, is, is a career or status or being a top of whatever, a totem pole or whatever you want to call it, 
If that becomes my focus, if that becomes my drive, if that becomes the thing that I'm most lasered in and focus on, check this out, then I'm going to orchestrate my life around that one thing, correct? But what do you do when you lose that position? There could be a problem there then. What you looked at in awe and pursuit can, when it's gone, can distort and really jack you up. Money or possessions, and so many people in our culture today revolve their life and their pursuit, and they look to that. If I just had more, if I just had more, then life would be easier. It'd be gray, whatever. And, And you consider your life even in the pursuit of that. What you look at for all tends to shape the direction of your life. Listen, if you don't hear another word I say today and you've already forgotten what I've already said, here's what I want you to hear today. I pray that you would have a proper view of God and let him shape your life. First of all, he created you and he has something he wants to accomplish through you. And if you will simply let God be God in your life, and if you will quit trying to figure him out, if you will quit trying to manipulate and control him and keep him in a box, if you will let God be God and you step out of the way and not, just watch what he will do in your life. Anybody know what I'm talking about today? I had a foreign exchange student years ago in one of the churches I served as a youth pastor. Excuse me. I was the youth director. That ought to tell you how small the church was. I was the director. Um, and, and she was a foreign exchange student. She had a three-year commitment to be with us. It was about year two and a half into it. And she was about to head back to a culture overseas where her parents weren't believers. They were atheists, non-believers. And I just knew she's about to leave here. And I just, I know God can do anything. I read it in Mark chapter two. He's a miracle working guy. But I'm just scared, God, that my time, my window of, of sharing with her who you are and the salvation you came to give her, it's running out. We had done Bible studies. We'd gone to retreats and conferences. She'd been a part of worship experiences. But it was while we were riding up a chairlift one day at a ski area in Colorado. She, she made this declaration in, in her... Um, she, she just said, how can anyone look at this and not believe there is not a God? That was my opportunity, was it not? And if you've been skiing, you know you have anywhere from three to 15 minutes on a chairlift for someone. Tell you what, that's a captive audience. In fact, that might be a good mission trip for us this year. We're going to go skiing this winter, and we're going to get on chairlifts and just be ambassadors for Jesus. Who's with a preacher today? Amen? Yeah. You got a broken foot. You better get that healed. Amen? And I begin to share with her because she, in that moment, creation declared the glory of the Lord. And her heart was open in a way that maybe she had not been open the previous two and a half years. In that moment, in that moment, God used it for his glory. As she sat there in awe of God. The people in First Chronicles chapter 29 were bringing the resources to build the temple of God. And after gathering them all and receiving you know, more than David writes these words as a word of praise. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. And even he declares everything in the heavens and on earth is yours, O Lord. This is your kingdom. We adore you as the one 
who is over all things. Wow. So let me ask you a question today. When was the last time you stood personally in awe of God? When was the last time you personally stood in awe of God? I, I, I'm referring to what, 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 what David writes here, that, that I, am, I am blown away by his majesty. I am blown away by his glory. I am overwhelmed and overtaken to think about whose presence I am in. Have you even had that thought today as we've worshiped in this house? Or has this just kind of been, this is what we do. Have you been blown away as you understand who is here with us today? You know, when you read the Bible, people, you, 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 you will not find an instance where an individual encountered God and there was not some sort of visible effect on them. I mean, we, 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 we could talk about Moses on the mountain with God and, and him coming down in, in those times of the Shekinah glory, him radiating. People couldn't even look at him because he was just shine bright like a diamond. You know what I'm saying? He was just radiating. But, but we know that Moses, even before that, the burning bush experience, that, that when God began to speak to him through this bush that was on fire yet not consumed, Scripture says that he hid his face. He was overwhelmed. He was in awe of what was happening. We, we, we know that Isaiah in Isaiah chapter six has this vision of, of, of the heavens and God on his throne. And when he understands the majesty and the glory and, and, and the holiness of what he's be, 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 what he's seeing, beholding, 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 seeing whatever he's seeing, he, he says, whoa, I am undone. He just, he feels there. I'm not worthy of this moment. Saul on the road to Damascus hears a voice from heaven, the very voice of Jesus, and it comes upon him. It strikes him down. He falls down. There is always some sort of a visible um, uh, reaction whenever you truly encounter the awesomeness of God. When's the last time you've had one of those moments? Do, 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 do you have that time? Do you, is your view of God just right and proper and where it needs to be that, that every time, whether that be simply in his word, whether that be sitting in the quietness of your room in prayer with him, whether that be just listening to music, whether that be watching your child, whether that be watching the sun come up and hearing the nature begin to declare and birds chirp and things come alive. Hey, when was the last time you personally were all struck by who God is. I think the concern that I have for us is that we minimalize him. And, and, and I said, I, I think we, 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 we try to figure him out. So some of us try to dictate and tell God what, 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 what to do, right? I, I was with a group of men yesterday in comfort at a, at a men's conference speaking, and I made this this statement in, in dealing with, with, with sin. I, I think for us, because of our improper view of who God is, we don't view sin the right way either. Because our view of God is so low, we don't see the gravity of our junk and our funk, the sin in our lives when we screw it. Because you know why? Because we don't have the proper view and the right view of who God is. We, we don't have the Isaiah viewpoint. We'll talk more about that in a few weeks. 
But because our view of, of who God is, is, is not here and, and maybe it's here somewhere, then whenever we sin, well, it's not, well, hey, God is good. Come on. I heard the preacher. He preached a series on that and he loves me. He's for me. You know, he pursues me with a relentless love. No shadow. You won't light up mountain. He's going to come after me. That's just what God's going to do. And therefore what happens is because that's our low view of who he is and not up here, we don't see our stuff. That's why so many of us can go on living in sin and it not have an effect on our lives. What is your view of God? Why does this even matter? What's the big deal about it? You see, if our view of who God is is right and proper and where it needs to be, that causes us to react and live our lives in a different way also. We live a life of obedience from an attitude of joy. We want to honor God. We understand who he is and we see him properly and fitting and we understand where we fall in the spectrum as to who he is. But my concern is I think a lot of us feel like, and there is that, hey, you, you are God. That's a popular mindset in our culture today. You control your own destiny. You can do it. You can figure it out. But we can't and we don't. Because he's God (laughs) and we're not. If I have an improper view of God, then then I begin to become more concerned with the cares of this world and and, and maybe even live from a response of, of fear. Listen, there's a reverential fear that we all should have of God. When we consider his majesty, who he is, his glory, listen, we definitely need to have some sort of reverential fear of who he is, but I don't need to live in fear of God. Meaning that, that he's out to get me. That he's some bad deity in heaven that wants to make me miserable and put me through it and condemn me. No. Because the Bible would tell us things like, no, God could do that to us, could he not? But yet his word says in Romans chapter five, verse eight, God demonstrates his love towards us. And that while we are still sinners, now he makes a way. He sends his son Jesus to die for us. So that's the type of God that we worship. What's your view of him? How will you respond? I believe that A.W. Tozer was correct. That what comes to your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. And if your view of God is not where it is, it will have an effect on you. You won't be able to live the life that he's created for you to live. And by the way, you've been created by God, right? Now he used your mom and dad to play a role in that. I read that in Encyclopedia Britannica, but, 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 but you've been created by God, right? And you're his creation and God has plans for his creation. He's got a plan for your life. And I simply want to see you walk in that plan that your creator has for you. So I want to encourage you to make sure that we begin to have the proper view of who he is. Today, I want us to spend time in prayer. Can we do that? In fact, just bow your heads and close your eyes. Hey, ministry team, you guys can go ahead and make yourselves available down front today. But I just want us to have a Selah moment and just 
end our time together today in prayer. Maybe you want to come and kneel at the altar. You are welcome to. This stage is always open for you to come and bow at, at the altar of the Lord. You can. You can sit where you're at, but I just simply want us to take a Salem moment and ask God to correct anything in us, any improper views of who he is. Is your view of God too low today? Ask God to elevate that and give you a glimpse as to who he is. Is there something in your life that God should really be in control of and in charge of, but yet you've assumed that role? You're trying to be God? Are there some reins or some, some controls that you need to hand over to him that, that are for him alone, but would you release that? Is there something in your life that's that you need to seek forgiveness of a holy God from? Let's just say love. God, would you correct? God, would you correct any improper views that we have of you? God, I pray that we'd get a clear glimpse as to who you are in your majesty, your glory, your wonder, your holiness, your awesomeness. Lord, let us have. May we be filled with awe of you, Lord. God, I pray that that view that we have of you would, would become the, the, the drive behind us. When we put you in the proper frame and mindset and when we see you in your rightful place, God, God, we will begin to live, well, we'll begin to live the way that you've called us to not out of fear of who you are, but through honor and respect and looking to you to be our guide because we know that you know some stuff. And we'll trust that. God, would you break our hearts for the things in our life that are not of you? We call that sin. Father, I pray right now that we would allow your spirit to expose that and we do business with it because we will not be able to live the God life with that stuff still in us unconfessed. And Father, above all today, I'm praying for an individual in this room 
that needs to come to that place that my friend from overseas came to. As you begin to put the pieces of the puzzle together and she began to see you for who you are and as she began to understand that you love the world and you gave your only son, that whoever would believe in you would not perish but would have eternal life. And God, it's just as she said yes to Jesus as Lord and Savior, I'm praying today for the individual here that's never placed their faith and trust in you, that they would do the same. And may you be honored and glorified, Father. We praise you and we thank you and we lift high the name above every name. Jesus. Amen. Go in peace.